Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as former child star, child protection advocate, and outspoken troublemaker. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition of the Humans of Twitter list, Sarah Monaghan-Morris. Hi. Hello, Sarah. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, normally just, hi, I'm Sarah. And that's pretty much it. That's, I guess that's accurate. <laughs> it's just short and sweet. <laughs> Does anybody corner you and say, aren't you, you look like, could you be, is there any of that? Not really in Texas. Um, I, I've had it. When I first moved here, we used to hang out with a whole bunch of other Australian expats. Mm. And um, it's funny because we had these cricket matches and everyone would just kind of stop and stare and point and no one would say anything. And finally, one day, this lady walks up and she goes, my kids think you're that chick off Hey Dad, are you? And and I was like, why, yes, I am. And we're still friends today, which is like 11 years later, because she was the only one who had the balls to actually come up and ask. And how Aussie is that? Are you? I know, right? So, and then, but yeah, for the most part, it's just, I'm just totally like nobody here, which is awesome. What prompted the move to the US for you? Um, the sexy Texan and the tight Wranglers. Mm. Yeah. Apparently that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was working in Australia for about um, a year and a half. And yeah. uh, we dated for six months, I guess. And then one day he came up and he said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going home. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure. I'll make an honest woman of you. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Texas is a lovely place too. It is nice. I really enjoy it here. Are you near the water parts or are you in the, the, the cow parts? Um, well, we spent about uh, probably 12 years in San Antonio which is mm. about three and a half hours from water. Um, and San Antonio is not anything like you expect Texas to be. Because, um, you know, you think Texas, you think oil fields, cows, cowboys. Dallas, right? That's that. what you think. Yeah, you think Dallas or Houston. And San Antonio is Mexico. I mean, oh, it's really? just straight up. It's just a Mexican town, which is cool, but it's not what you're expecting. But once you get over it, it's, it's really nice. And it's one of the biggest convention cities in the U.S. because it has the river walk and everything. Mm. And so it's, it's really nice. And then, um, uh, I, uh, when I joined the state guard, I went to Del Rio for nine months, which is literally on the border. Like you could, well, there's a river and that's the only thing yes. separating you from Mexico. And then I spent nine months there and then I moved to Victoria, which is where I am now, which is a little town. Um, it's about 30 minutes from the coast. Uh-huh. And um, it's like, it's very Victorian. Like I drove up here and I was like, oh, it's beautiful because there's Victorian <laughs> houses everywhere. And in West Texas, you know, it's so dry and dusty. And this is very almost not quite subtropical, but there's like the the place where I live has um, lots of banana trees. And actually it's got a whole bunch of eucalyptus trees, which is why I picked it as where I was going to live. And wow. um yeah, it's it's really nice. So it's just far enough away that you don't get that constant smattering of um, the air, like because it's really mm-hmm. breezy on the the coast for some reason here. But it's it's just close enough that it's still nice and humid because I like the humidity. That's all. It sounds really idyllic. 
Yeah. And then in two weeks, we moved to Florida, which is going to be, I'm like, just so excited that we're moving to Florida. Are you retiring? Well, yeah, you know, I'm retired now. So (laughs) (laughs) I actually did. I left the military. My husband was like, just leave and just take time off and do absolutely nothing um, for a while until you work out what you want to be when you grow up. And um, and just take some time off, especially with all the stuff that had gone on in Australia and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm pretty much and, – and we live in – well, it's an RV park, which in Australia is a caravan park. Um, and it's a nice mix of old retired people. And then um, we are very close to the oil field here. So it's oil field workers, retired people, and then a whole bunch of people that come from the north spend their time in Texas – but yeah, so now we joke that we're going to Florida and I'm going to be completely retired. <laughs> There's a lot of people that do that come from the north during winter, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, nobody retires to the north. I mean, no. It's just too cold. But yeah, no, it's, it's lovely down here. I mean, summer gets very hot and I can see why they go back north. But uh, we're moving to Palm Beach and we'll be um, where we're moving there. It's going to be five miles from the ocean. So I'm like just stoked. So I'm planning wow. on doing lots of water sports again. Yeah. So. That's delightful. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. So in the midst of this relaxed, retired attitude, Sarah, what (laughs) challenges you? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Life is awesome right now. Um, The only thing that we have right now is um, my beloved dog, Maya, is uh, she's 11 and Mm -hmm. she's starting to get some fused stuff in her her spine and some bones. So the last couple of weeks, that's been my only stress is dealing with her. So we've been taking her to the vet a lot and she's on a lot of drugs right now. So she's happily laying, sleeping in front of me all doped up. And uh, that's pretty much my only stress in life. Everything else is great. Jeez. I'll try, well, I was going to say, I'll trade your lives, but you know that, that's not the only thing going on. So I hear that. Yeah. So, but no, no, it's good. So what then? is your superpower? What do you do really well? Um, ooh, cooking, I guess. I'm mm. re- I spent years as a cook, like an actual paid cook in restaurants. Um, so I'm, I guess that's my superpower, especially like when we think that there's no food and I can open a kitchen or a cupboard and look and see and just make a meal out of nothing. That's, yeah. that's, my, that's my thing, I guess. That and pissing off old people. I'm good at that. (laughs) How do you manage that? Well, you know, I'm just kind of uppity and um, I don't take shit anymore. I'm like an old person. Like I look at old people and I think, God, I want to be you. Because you know how old people just don't give a shit? And I've I've developed that. And so, um, but sometimes they don't like it when it comes from a younger person. But, um, and I don't tolerate anything. Um, And so... I guess that's my superpower is I'm, I can, and I can go in and I'm pretty good at also being the other way and diffusing a situation. Like when I did work at the office and things mm-hmm. were all over the place, even the chief would come to me and be like, Sarah, how do we fix it? And yeah. so I'm good at that. I'm a good mediator, I guess. It, it can be uh, sometimes quite a challenge to be the calm one amidst the chaos, can't it? Yeah, I guess I just like to be whatever the the opposite of whatever everyone else is doing. <laughs> so if everything's calm, I like to stir the shit a little. And if mm. everything's, you know, like in war mode, then I like to be the peacemaker. I like to be contrary. Quite. <laughs> so does that mean in an argument, 
fight or flight? Are you whatever the other person isn't? Pretty much, yeah. Although, but sometimes people, like, you know, you start off with a conflict and then I like to actually listen to what the other person's saying because maybe they're right. And sometimes they are and I'm like, oh, you know what? You are right. But then sometimes I'm just like, no, get off it. Um, <laughs> and I just walk away. So, but for the most part, I don't like to be really, like, I don't like arguments to escalate. Like mm. Matt and I never argue. That's my husband. Like, mm. like in 15 years, we've just, we just don't argue because neither one of us just really feel the need to be right all the time. Um, yep. <laughs> it's just easier. Sometimes it's easier just to let it go than to actually feel that need. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, for the, sometimes I just walk away. What, what is it that you love to cook? Like what's your favorite dish given the opportunity? You'll go, right, I'm cooking. <sighs> Ooh. Um, if it's something fancy, uh, I'll do like a beef wellington um, mm. or like a paella Um and then I do a lot of Mexican food or I guess Central American food because I lived in Honduras for a year. And so I make mm. a lot of stuff. But then um, a lot of things I can't cook right now just because um, I started three weeks ago, I started a, uh, it was a CrossFit paleo challenge. And so right now it's like my challenge is making paleo meals. But that's fun too because it's a lot of steak and vegetables. And um, so I'm making a lot of frittatas and omelets and stuff. So those turn out pretty good. A CrossFit Paleo Challenge sounds like a horrid death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't think I would, but like this place in town was doing, it was just a strictly six-week Paleo Challenge uh, and with the CrossFit. And I'm like, well, we moved to Florida in six weeks and I'm going to be in a bikini. So um, that sounds awesome since I've been laying around doing nothing for a long time and gotten a little <laughs> chunky. So um but actually the paleo really helps because I, I started getting migraines a few years ago. And mm. um, we've every time I do either Atkins or paleo, the migraines seem to go away. So this time I was like, no, I'll just do straight paleo for like, you know, however long and uh, just see if that really does get rid of the migraines. And so it has. So I'm actually much happier. You're not going to give up sugar too, are you, Sarah? I did. <laughs> but I don't really like sugar. I'm never, I've never been a sweet person. Like as a kid, um, uh, I was like, if you had a jar of lollies or a mm. jar of olives, I always took the olives. And mum used to have to hide them in the fridge from me because I would say lollies, lollies, because I that was candy. So I've always been much more of a and and every time I eat candy or lollies, they make me feel like queasy and sick. So mm. I yeah, the sugar. The only thing is, is the sugar in the coffee because I do like espresso, and you kind of need sugar in that. Um, so I'm just not really coffeeing right now. I, I, there is so much confusion going on in my head about all of this <laughs> paleo, non-sugar, Pete Evans, whatever the hell. I'm, I'm disappointed, Sarah, honestly. Well, you know, it's just eat foods that your great-grandparents would eat, you know. So, And I'm not, like, super anal about it. Like, mm. I, I – like I like grass-fed beef just because I think it tastes better, but I'm not going to go out and be like, oh, I can't eat that. And so yeah. like tonight we're going to go out to dinner to a Mexican restaurant and I'll eat. You know, I'm not going to be – I'll just get fajitas or something instead of tamales. But, you know, it's still good food. 
but I'm not, yeah. you know, super, super. Like, I'm not like Paleo Pete, but, you know, I think he's onto something. Well, he certainly thinks he's. He's making a lot of money. I do find that the uh, the Mexican food of both availability and influence um, sort of within 200 miles of the Mexican border uh, across the bottom of the US is, is really good, isn't it? I actually don't like it. What? <laughs> Because, no, I like California Mex. I like Arizona Mex. I like New Mexico Mex. I don't mm. like Tex-Mex because they um, – I was a vegetarian when I first moved here. And in Texas, like South All Texas – All the truth bombs are coming out here. Know, you were right? a vegetarian? For a long time, but that didn't work out in Texas. Um, <laughs> so – and I do, I do love a good, juicy, bleeding steak. Mm. Um, but uh, no, they put this um, – instead of like a red sauce or a green sauce, they use gravy. Like it's this brown, chunky what? gravy on the enchiladas. And sometimes like if you go to a bad place, they don't even use real cheese. They use like that queso stuff on there. So dude. I got here and I'd order cheese enchiladas thinking, oh, yeah, vegetarian. And it would come out. And I'm like, dude, it looks like somebody already ate it and put yeah. it back on the plate. Like, no, take it away. And so, no, but, and it's hard to find just a good burrito. So, um, yeah, just, mm, no, Tex-Mex to me is not the thing. But we go to other states and I love the Mexican food. And we go down south and I like the Mexican food. Yeah. Well, Arizona Mexican is, is all I experience from my, that's why I, I dig it. Oh, yeah, it's um, delicious in Arizona. I'm very lucky. The little town that I get to go to very frequently is really, if you make it across the border, one of the first stops that you get to, but it is about 150 miles from the border. So there is surprisingly, unsurprisingly, a really good Mexican community there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, other states do have good. And, like, my husband says that the best Mexican food he ever had was in Brisbane. Because I wow. used to, we actually met. I was working um, in a place called El Torito in Brisbane, which is actually a Salvadorian Mexican restaurant. Mm. And so I used to live in Honduras and Salvador's next door. So the food was very similar to what I like. And um, he said that that was the best food ever because it was, like, super healthy and it was just delicious. And so he always misses the Mexican food from Australia. And he learned that you were cooking there and it's a great line. Well, I was actually just a waitress at that one. I let the real people cook it there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you man, you've been you've spent time in Brisbane, you're doing the, the you're all over the shop, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I spent like six years in Brisbane and then we moved to Texas. But in high school, like when I left Hey Dad. Um, mm. my excuse for, cause I knew I couldn't just leave the show and just go, you know, to high school or whatever. I had to like fully leave the country. And so I went on exchange to Honduras for a year. Oh, so that's where that fits in. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was, I turned 16 in Honduras. So yeah. I went there, spent the year and then I came back and I was in Sydney for another couple of years. Then I moved to Brisbane for like six years and then, um, I moved to Texas. So what was what was school like for you? Because you were performing when most other kids are at school. Um, primary school, I had a tutor and mm. I went to school like two days a week while we were filming. And it was, was great having weird? the tutor. No, she was awesome. Um, like, cause I wasn't allowed to do sport or anything. And her mom had mm. a horse and I loved horse riding. So sometimes we just go horse riding or whatever. And um, like, I was really bad at maths as a kid. And so having the one-on-one -on -one was 
you know, like really good. And then in high school, they didn't want to pay for a tutor anymore because they would have had to get more of them. And so I, they changed the working hours. So I would go to school during the day and then I would get a, like, straight from school because they started rehearsals at three and we didn't get out of school till like three. So I would catch a cab or in the beginning, mum drove me and then I later on I caught a cab and I would go straight to work. And then I would work until like, I think it was like six or something. And then you had to come home, eat dinner, try and do homework, learn your lines, get some sleep and then start over again the next day. It was pretty like full on. It really puts into perspective like the after-school job that a lot of kids have it during high school, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think a lot of kids do have an after-school job. It's just not maybe as much pressure mm. because you might only do a couple of days a week, whereas this was, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then all day Saturday. Because well, work for you too wasn't just, you know, I can spit in a burger and off we go. <laughs> it's I've got to walk on, hit the mark, tell the joke, get the laugh, and then go and look busy while all of the others act and do something because of the focus is on them now. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got to, like, in school I would get in trouble because I wasn't doing my homework. Um, Well, I also just think homework's stupid. But, you know, (laughs) I didn't have time to do homework. And then on the times, like, when it got towards exams and you're trying to do homework, then work with bitch because, well, you know, like you're not focusing enough on your lines. And it's like, dude, really? <laughs> like I got, I got to pick one or the other. So, yeah, it was always a delicate balance. That's right. I can't tell you who invaded Poland, but I can tell you what I have to say to Betty tomorrow night. Exactly. So who did invade Poland? <laughs> Wasn't it the Germans? Wasn't it Hitler? Oh, that time? Okay. Well, I could, there could have been other people. I, I did not study history. I make no claim to knowing anything. I can tell you what's on TV tomorrow night, but I can't tell you anything historically. See, yeah, see, I think I went further back to, like, Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he probably did it too. I'm sure they all did at some point. Everyone just had to go, poor little Poland. <laughs> oh, well. So we are through the looking glass, Sarah. Tell me, what was Arthur MacArthur really like? He was adorable. I loved Matthew. He was like, because I was the only kid for so long. Yeah. And then he showed up and he was actually a lot younger than me at that point. But it was nice having another kid around. And I felt like it was weird because you know how they always used to make fun of him? Um, what was that ABC show? Uh, oh. There was one back then that used to mock everybody. And um, we weren't allowed to talk about it on set <laughs> because they used to do because he was the toilet kid the sorbonne yeah he was doing the toilet paper ads so but they used to they they made so much fun and they would do things every week where they would put like an archery board up with his face on it and like (sighs) shoot arrows at it and it was like like every week they would kill him in some fashion like kenny from south park and we're like that is the most awful thing to do to an actual living like Mm eight-year-old and so there was always this thing of you know don't talk about it you know never mention it in front of him and i'm sure he found out about it later but um he was and he was from a really nice family. They were um, Mormons and there was like yes. five kids. And, but they were just the loveliest, loveliest people. He always had such a cute little chubby face. Yeah. And now he's grown up and he's married. And I think he has a couple kids. So he did well. I think he went to college and everything. I know at one point he said he came and lived in the U.S. for a while in Utah. Um, but, yeah, no, he was, he was fun to be around. 
I, I can imagine, though, like you said, being the only kid on set for a while to then have someone else, even though they're a little bit younger, you know, you're not having to talk to, to an adult when you're talking to another kid. Yeah, and then he would always bring his sisters along on Saturdays. So on Saturdays there was, you know, some other kids around, which was nice. Awesome. Where was all of that filmed? Channel 7, um, back when it was at Epping um, yep. in Sydney. So uh, we ended up living, moving out right next to the studio so I could actually walk to work. Um, but it was a nice place. And now they've, I think they've completely demolished it, haven't they? Yeah, it's all houses now. They sold up and moved uh, into Piermont and you know, all that stuff. Hmm. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything that's historical when it comes to television. Sooner or later, it'll get bulldozed and something else. Oh, well. Um, where, in the midst of all of this, and, and now for you, what's the most exciting thing that you've done? Ooh, that's a tough one. I've done a lot. Um, I think... On a personal level, um, and I haven't done it for a long time, was when I started making Going Down, which was my scuba series, which mm-hmm. never really eventuated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now that I'm moving in Florida, it might start again. Um, that I actually, like, uh, I'd, never, I'd never wanted to go back to TV. And then one day we were just sitting around discussing, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, I love the travel channel and I like scuba diving. And I was like, you know, why don't I just have a show where I just produce a scuba series, you know, and we'll try and sell it to travel channel at some point, or just now probably just be a web series. Cause that seems like so much better these days mm. um, that I worked out. I was actually a really good producer. And so I went to all these scuba places and everybody just handed me stuff um, cause apparently I was really passionate when I talked about it and like, I got like thousands of dollars worth of like gear and sponsors. And I had a guy come up and he's like, you know, I want to be your underwater cameraman. And this is a guy who'd worked on like military history channel and all these wow. places. And so that was like the most exciting thing I ever did at that point was just, I, I, I found something I was really good at. And so I, we actually went and we filmed in like Florida and in Hatteras and a whole bunch of places and, and in uh, Houston. And that was, that was really exciting because it was something new and I'd never done before. And I was really, really good at it. And I was like, you know, calling people and be like, can I come film here? And I setting everything up, getting camera people. And then I had actually edited it myself and uh, put it online. And that was, that was my thing. Right. So, well, there's definitely an opportunity for you when you get to Florida, then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I get down there, I'll totally start it up again, and just have a web series. Because if nothing else, the technology around, you know, underwater experience has changed so much from just beyond, you know, just being you have to be a scuba diver, and and there's still all of that for lots of depths. But you see all of the things that they do at. Uh, tropical resorts and put people on bikes with bubbles on their heads and crazy things. And the other thing is, is like the whole idea for going down was that instead of just being a scuba show, because like you watch underwater stuff and it's awesome for about five minutes and then it's boring. And then like, even as a scuba diver, it's boring. Um, But I liked the whole travel aspect of when you go somewhere to go diving, you don't just go there for the dive. 
you go there for the whole town. Like if you go to Honduras to go diving, it's not just about the underwater stuff. You want to see Roatan. You want to go out clubbing. You want to have dinner. And so yeah. it was more the whole travel experience of like, or, you know, like if you go to Hatteras in North Carolina, you might go for five days and only get to dive for one because of the weather. So what do you do when you're there? So that was the whole thing was like, we get to go out and we get to go and have, you know, all these awesome experiences or, you know, like if you're with a partner who doesn't dive, what can they do? And so that'll be the whole premise of the thing is like a full on travel thing with a little bit of diving added in. If I remember correctly, when you go to North Carolina, if you're not diving, what you do with the rest of your time is become a redneck. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it is like it, it is in that like particularly North Carolina is in that special little spot where that was where the southern states met the northern states when the Civil War and all of that stuff played out because Virginia and and North Carolina are really close to get all of that stuff. But but North Carolina is beautiful. Actually, my yes. husband lived there for uh, I guess a year or two years before he went to Australia, and he was in Raleigh. But um, when you go out onto the coast, it's completely different. Um, so, and they're actually doing a lot of movie stuff there, like in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Dawson's Creek was filmed. And so it's, Pacey. yeah, <laughs> that's the one I would have picked. Um, <laughs> but you've got that whole, it's like completely different on the, on the water. It's just, it's just, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And the people are completely different too. Given the opportunity to travel anywhere Mm -hmm. where would you go like what's your favorite place in the world to travel to oh i want to go everywhere um (laughs) and next week one no 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 next week i get to go somewhere i've never been before um Mm -hmm. we're going to israel um wow yeah matt works for an israeli company so he's going to israel and i'm like sweet i'm going (laughs) and so i booked a ticket with him because you know if you're going to get a free hotel and everything why not and so uh because i've never done the middle east at all or Israel. And so that's, that's exciting. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then, uh, I'd like to do, I'd really like to go to like South Africa just cause I've never yep. done the African continent. Um, well, channel 10 can get you there if you want next year, Sarah, <laughs> let's start the campaign. <laughs> like I seriously. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'd be really good with the camping but mm-hmm. not the eating of the maggots and stuff. Well, that would probably would be what gets you across the line. I mean, this year, as far as contestants go, and some of these names might not mean Shane much to you. Warren Shane Warren is killing it. I've been yeah. watching it. I've got a VPN, so I there can actually go. watch it. And, um, yeah, I was surprised when they got him in there. Um, but I couldn't believe when he did that, like the the food challenge, and he was just downing, like downing the maggot stuff. And I'm like, oh, bless you, you're like champion. I know, I know. But I mean, you know that going in, you know that that's what you're going to do. So you would expect so. The way that Lorena, the the bachelor cast off girl, the oh. way that she's acting, you would think that oh, no one told me that we'd have to eat awful. I mean, I guess because I really like the British versions. Um, so mm-hmm. I actually watched the British version of both um, I'm a Celebrity and uh, Celebrity Big Brother because Celebrity Big Brother UK is just rocking. Oh, off the wall, right? This it year was crazy. fantastic. I love that show. And so I really hope Australia does like a, a BB because I would totally do BB. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I would do 
the the celebrity and I'd be I'd be awesome at the camping and all that and I look at them trying to cook meals on the campfire and they just look mm. so inept and I'm like just let just let me just let me do it for you because <laughs> I but that's could... right I mean, what have they got at the moment it's Val Lehman sort of barking orders this is how you need to do it and half of the people sort of cowtowing yes Val what do I do how do I do it and I was just going whatever Val you just cook it like this well why doesn't she just do it well, I think at the moment it's because technically she shouldn't be because she has other responsibilities. I don't know. Then she it's a very complex web. <laughs> just let, let let Anthony do it. Let, let the little Kalea kid cook his food how he wants. And oh, bless. You know. I'm loving Anthony Kalea in it. I think that he is, he's the best fish out of water out of a lot of them because while he has elements of being precious, he's self-aware enough to know that, I would much rather be sitting at home with an espresso martini, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but instead I'm in the jungle eating, you know, whatever the heck this is. And that's just part of the game. Yeah. I think he's this year's Joel Creasy. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I reckon in the same vein that we're going to see, I reckon it's going to be Paul Harrigan is going to sneak through as the winner this year. But you know what? I bet there's another one coming in. Like remember last year, there's always the extra intruders. And this yes. year they had Warney come in early, but I bet there's still more to come. Well, it's already been announced. By the time this gets published, the Irwins will have dropped in. Now, I suspect that's just a, we're here for 10 minutes, see you later, kids. Mm. Um, but gee, it'd be good if they left Bindi behind. <laughs> She'd kill it. She'd win. It'd be crazy, crazy. I mean, that wouldn't even be fair, would it, if she was there because she's so used to the snakes and the spiders and stuff? Yeah, but I don't even, see, the catch is that, sure, it's sticking your hands into things, and I don't think she would give two cares about it. But I'm pretty sure at night time at Australia Zoo, she doesn't get fed a blended mulch of fly pupae. See, I think the way you, you have to do it if you're going to do it is like my friend Jamo, he's over there doing all of those, the writing for um, mm. the paper, Jonathan Moran. And so that's the way you do it. You want to be crew because that way you get to oh, go yeah. to South Africa, you get to see all of the stuff, you get to laugh at the people who are eating the maggots, but you don't have to do it yourself. And every night you can go back to the hotel and the hot tub and eat a delicious meal. Yeah, or not even as crew. Go like JMO and go as uh, a welcome guest uh, media. Yeah. Where they fly you over in business class and all you have to do is write 500 words, publish, I mean, where's the giraffes? He has the perfect job. Yeah, it's pretty slack, isn't it? <laughs> now that's what I want to do. I want to have his job. Join, join the queue, lady, <laughs> all right? Don't get ahead of yourself. Goodness me. <laughs> Sarah, what one thing would you change about your life today? At this moment in time, mm. nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, That's excellent. Yeah, no, life right now is perfect. I wouldn't change anything. Um, I mean, I'm excited that we're moving to Florida, so I guess that would be mm. the one thing I'd change my location, but that's happening anyway. So, no, everything right now, nada. <laughs> Well, that was pretty simple. I know, right? I'm kind of boring like that. So what are you going to achieve in the next 12 months, Sarah? Um, well, I guess I'll move to Florida, um, mm. hopefully start diving again, get a little, maybe a little web series going. Yes. Um, my other goal is um, I'd really like to come out with my own line of clothing not like a huge line, um, just because I'm really petite and I have so mm. much travel, like trouble finding clothes and because um, I travel so much and I love travel clothing, 
and yep. I love resort wear, but nothing comes in petite. It's like rich people don't have small people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to have just a very like niche line of petite travel wear, like a capsule wardrobe that mm. I just have and sell online from my own little shrimp tank site. And, um, and that's it. And so I'd like to do that. That's my other goal for the next couple of years is just to have my own clothing. And all of that is super achievable. It is. I just, I just need funding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Wow. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for, for having a chat with me today. I really appreciate it. No worries. It was good talking to you. Please know that the things you've said are very special and, and you are highly valued. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, very clearly, you are on the tweet. Yes. You, are, you are on Twitter. Are there any other social accounts you want people to know about? Um, I have my public page on Facebook, um, mm. which is just Sarah Monaghan. And then I have my Instagram, which is also Shrimp Tank. Oh, very quickly, Shrimp Tank, is this just because you're short and you like scuba? It, well, no, actually, it's it, because I'm short and um, everyone called me shrimp as a kid and I actually have license plates on my car that say shrimp. And then Tank, because I grew up in the fishbowl of television. Mm. And so it's actually my – I have a, a, a company that I started a long time ago that I've never done anything with, um, but it's called Shrimp Tank because of that. It was short and in, in the fishbowl. Excellent. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Shrimp Tank is indeed human. <laughs> That's a great snort. <laughs> so that doesn't get recorded. <laughs> well, I'm pressing stop now.